but uh, as we talk about merging two things together, um, and all the time I've been doing financial planning mm-hmm. and the podcast, I very I don't think I, I can name one time where I've met two co- married couples that come from similar financial backgrounds and experiences with money. They might both come from poverty or both, both come from wealth, but their mindsets around money are always completely different. Yeah. So what was it like taking two different mindsets around money and merging them to one and kind of finding your own thing? What was that experience like? Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and investment advisor representative, Payne Boyer, invites millennial guests on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Oh, man, it's so okay. That's going to take us to, I'm going to embarrass him, but the first the first time we, um, in, in college, in college, he was actually that person that was like, because I was like, I'm fine. I'm, I, I met him the first week there and I'm like, I'm looking for a job. Yeah. That's like my, my, I'm like, I'm looking for work, you know? And that was like my, boom. not I'm looking for friends. I'm looking for da, 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 da. Where's the turn up? I'm looking for work. That's where I'm coming from. Right. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to work and go to school. What the, I was yeah, like, yeah. that's that Mexican. I've learned that from my wife. Like you got to hustle. You like, you, you, you there's 24 hours in the day. You're not in school 24 hours. You got time to hustle. Yeah. And that's like, like, there's no coasting. There's no, like, feeling like I've made it. It's like, I've got to keep grinding. My, uh, my, he's my wife's uncle, but he's one of my best friends. He always says, hustle like you're broke. Even mm-hmm. when you get, even when you got to hustle like you're broke. And that like, it's easy to kind of feel like you've made it. You know, I'm in college and I don't know your husband, but he might have been a first, uh, first generation college student in his family. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here. And then he sees you like, now nah, I'm here, but I still got places to go. I'm grinding, but it it, um, it takes a minute to catch on to that. So go ahead and elaborate a little a little further. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. And I, I feel like I, I, I think he had to really, being with me, I think he really had to step up his, you know, um, step up and, and really, you know, because for me, I was in a place where, let's do this. If we're going to do this, let's do this. Right. Let's like, let's get it, you know? And for me, he had to, that's where he like, okay, he got started getting work there and he just started like just evolving as a person in that way, in that realm. And that's really where we've had to grow. And it takes a lot because that, that mindset thing, that mindset perspective had to really shift for both of us. And we had to align and I had to understand him. And he's also helped me understand how like to like okay, it's okay to enjoy and just because like for me I was the kind of person and still I could still find it in me, where I I'll be sitting down and I'm like oh there's something to do over there and like there but there's you know like I'm like but it's like I need to really like to be able to like take a deep breath and like sit and really be and that's why I think for me like nature and being on in like in greenery or in, on the land or just in in the woods is so healing for me because I feel like that's where I can relax and I can really feel like connected and and chill but because for me I'm always like oh there's something to do there's something to do and I'm just like boom like oh and I'm getting an idea and I'm writing something down and I'm I'm just it's too it's too much and it's not realistic all the time and so I've had to learn 
So I put him on blast. I'm putting myself on blast now that, you know, that's, so that's a learning curve too. And that is something that needs to be um, a part of life too. Cause what's the point of, of attaining if we can't just enjoy really truly enjoy where we are in the moment. Right. I tell my wife that all the time, like, you got to enjoy the journey. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's the whole thing is, the, is yeah. the journey, like, and she's all, she's kind of, we, we, we're going to have to do a double date sometime in the future. <laughs> I think we'd vibe well, but it's, it's, yeah. well, this is a, like you said, a whole nother podcast in itself, but yeah, it's, um, it's just a lot. So, so you, um, one thing I want to say, I always like to quote some scripture. The word says a man who finds a wife, finds a good thing and, and obtains favor from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like that's what I found when you find that right person they make you better mm-hmm. like he had to teach you to hey, enjoy the journey but you had to still make him step it up yeah and he's better for it and so are you so that's yeah, a beautiful thing that. um let's let's talk about budgeting what did he come yeah. from budgeting background or were you like hey this is a budget let's do this this thing I don't think there was a budgeting bone in <laughs> And no, I don't think there was a budgeting bone in him. I think that was something that we still implement to this day because I made it so, or like I introduced it and like work it. Like that's kind of how we live and navigate everything. So, and, but he's, he's, he, he's evolved in, in, in so many ways. And so, so it's, it's amazing in that way. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome, man. Like mm-hmm. back to the scripture, finds a good thing and obtains favor. So let's talk about the conversation when you said a mother being at home with her son in particular does it a lot. Yes. And you just, you lost a friend. You saw one of the kid children you're working with, a young man that you're working with lost his life. And you say, you know what? I'm going to stay at home. I don't care what it costs me. I don't I'm care. Stay home. But it may, it, that's going from a two income household to a one income household yeah. with a family. What was that conversation like with your husband and what came next? So we had to exhibit character. And what I mean by that is, is really truly, because at, at the, the, initi- the initial concept of it was out of complete emotion and like this, no, this ends here. Like I, I, I saw the Ben, I had a stay at home mom and I saw how much that helped me and my family and I have a brother. Um, and so how much that helped us and really served us in many ways. And I was able to see this pattern that on a lot of the kids I was working with, both of their parents weren't always necessarily there, you know, and they had to work so much or want a single parent or, you know, whatever it was, but the, the, there was, I don't really remember there being like many stay at home moms in that way, in that engaged way. Right. And I, um, and I can't say that's the case for everyone, right? But for me, it was just something that I felt in my soul that needed to happen, needed to shift. And what I mean by exhibited characters, I had to really, really move forward with that decision well past that heightened emotion. So when so when things got rough, I still had to maintain that character and that decision. Even when things were great, you know, I had to maintain that that character and that decision to remember why we made that decision in the first place. And so when I told my husband and and came to him with this idea, he was down. He was very much so like, yes, like I, I want that for you. And I want that for my, for my child. And, and I want that for us. And that's where it evolved from there. He supported that. And I'm really grateful that he did because 
I'm now I'm like homeschooling my kid and I have a five month old and I'm with them. And even though at the beginning it was an identity crisis, I'm not even joking. It was weird for me to be who I am like that. I'm I'm, I'm just going to say ambitious. Yeah. Very physically ambitious person to literally moving in a way that was foreign to me, like sitting with another, a child and giving myself in a constant way and, and literally having to lower myself in the sense of like becoming that child and being one with the child was very different than anything and everything I've had to do. And I was wired to do my whole life really. And so it was a huge shift and it was very intense for me. <laughs> it's so intense for me. <laughs> I want to talk about that shift. Like you, you're someone who's been taught to go get it. Your whole yeah. life, then mm-hmm. go get it. And like now you're, it's when you're married and you're family, like you're both earning money, even one stay home mom, because you're able to stay home. And mm-hmm. so, so your husband can work and earn money. So you're just as responsible as he is. But it doesn't always feel that way, especially coming from where you came from, always working, always having to yeah. give money. How, how did, did how did that mindset feel from shifting from uh, from being someone who's a, a breadwinner, a bread earner, a, co, a, a co, co-income household to being solely reliant on your husband's income? And you mentioned the identity crisis, like I'm not I, I'm kind of dependent, you, even though you're mm-hmm. earning money in your own sense. It feels like you're dependent at that point because there's no check coming. What yeah. was that mindset like for you? What was that work through, through there like? I'm going to have to take a deep breath for that one. <laughs> Ooh, that, was, that was a journey that I'm still navigating, honestly. Um, I mean, mind you, I have, you know, I have developed myself in a different way and I have established myself. I have a, a, I have a product and I have a platform and I have a business with products and so there's that aspect of it. And, and I've developed myself in a way where I'm, my money's making me money and, and staking and, and other things like that. So that makes me feel good. It makes me feel <laughs> it's give it's feeding that maybe egoic place, or maybe not even egoic, but this is like the sense of like honing, like security maybe, or this sense of what I'm, this sense of, oh, I'm contributing financially with my mind into in some way and that feels so good for me and beyond that beyond financially it's really it's a spiritual thing for me it feels good to for me to go in the world and be in the world and create i'm a creator i love being creative and i feel like making money is an is an art form and it's a way that i love to create and i'm realizing that in my life and so being in the stage of where I, what i had was asked to do it, it like led me to this understanding of like, oh, it's more than money. I love to create. I love the creation process. My dad literally showed me this as an art form. It's an art form and it's a way of creating in the world, you know? And so for me, it's like, I've literally ex- like experienced firsthand, like having to make these life-changing decisions, like buying a car, buying cars at young age and and having to invest in or like, just go to school and pay for my education on my own. And, and just little things like that, not even little, but you know what I mean? Things like that in my real life world as a young age that I was able to really feel the creation process and how much joy that brought me. And so fast forward it to, um, to lose, you know, having to stop working and bringing an income. 
it was an identity crisis that ultimately was a blessing because it's led me to really remember what it's about, which is the creation process of making money. And there are so many ways to make money. And that's what's cool. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to go be a social worker. I don't have to do that specific thing that I think I have to do to be. I don't need the accolades. I don't need that physical outward stimulus like, oh, I'm a professor. You know, I don't need that freaking that to be able to be to get to what I need, which is the creation process of making money. That's what I had to. That's the hump I had to get over is the need to feel that I'm something when I'm everything. You know what I'm saying? No, that that was beautiful. That was really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and you said so much there. And I hope our listeners took away from that that the creation process and like that's what that's the beauty. It's not mm-hmm. what the creation earns you. It's mm-hmm. that it's that creation itself, and you're able to still have that. I want to get into the book. I want to talk about the book. Um, but the, the, before I get there, I do want to ask you something. Yeah. Um. Your husband is Honduras, Black, Irish, but in here he's Black. Like, yeah, yeah. any Black in America, you're yes. Black. That's yes. just what you are. Like, you're, it's your color. Yeah. Um, so what was it like? I know you grew up in a in a uh, diverse area, Fairfield's diverse, but Very, it's mm-hmm. different when you have a Black son. It's mm-hmm. like, even for my wife, she's like, the, the 2020 was a lot different than her had it been, had she it just been her. Mm-hmm. She's like, my kids are Black. My mm-hmm. husband's back, like if it's so things that I've dealt with my whole life, she was dealing with for the first time in 2020. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. your husband said, we we weren't surprised that this thing. We were just surprised the way the nation finally reacted to it. That's what surprised me because mm-hmm. I've been growing up like this, knowing this kind of stuff happened literally my whole life. Mm-hmm. But what was it like from a now you're in it now your son's black. What was 2020 like for you? Like the whole George Floyd and all that. What was that like? It's different. I'm sure it's different even for your mom mm-hmm. now that she has a black grandson. But what was like? What was that like for you? That's a really good question. So there's the phenotypical aspect of being black, and then there's the genetic DNA level, the frequency level of being black. And I think for me, that is something that I'm really, really interested in more than anything in the sense of. <sighs> like really, really connecting to my son. And, and for me, it's a, it's deeper than, than what's anything that's happening. I mean, the physical world here and the way that my son is going to experience life is very important. Right. And how, and how I raise him and how, and our perspectives. Right. But more than anything, there's a literal vibrational shift that has to occur. And what I mean by that is that there are it's literally there's certain things that are carried down that we can that science literally is showing us that we carry our ancestors in our DNA, mm. right? And so for me, there are programs there that are going to support my son and also programs that are going to deter my son from certain things in life, right? And I'm so for me, I'm really thinking about obviously the physical world is one element of it. And I'm talking about the the, 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 the genetic world, the DNA world. Right. And I don't, I, I, I don't know if this is I'm trying to put this into words. So for me, it's really tapping into that frequency and to those frequencies and really tapping into what my son needs and to the ancestral lineage and what was, what went on with my husband and his family and his lineage and working at it from that place. Okay. And I, this is a whole nother conversation. I'm like, it's a little deeper than, <laughs> 
<laughs> than I think this podcast specifically is is asking of me. But there are some things that in my relationship with my husband that him and I have discovered specific to his lineage and his ancestors, right? That we are working together as a, as which is ultimately connected to wealth. So I'm going to bring this up. Okay. And this might be, I don't know, this might be deep and okay. So my husband, a lot of his things in life that he's navigated with wealth and with money has been that when he works a job that he does not like, he will literally say, I feel like a slave. Mm. And I, to me, you know, I would hear that all the time. Like people like complain, you know, and, and like, I would think it was like a complaining thing or like, well, you got to just work. You know, I'm coming from a different place, a different world. We just, I don't like to wake up. You know, I don't like to do this. I don't like to do that, but I got to do it anyway. You know, mm. I was coming from that perspective. It wasn't until I realized that there was like, there was a literal connection there to his ancestors where he it is it is it is not only futile but it is deadly for him to get be in a place where he sincerely hates his work because it taps in and brings him to a place that is literally his ancestors living through him right you go you have to speak you can speak. no that, that that's that that that's big that you said that and that you're able to understand that. Like when we say we feel like a slave, it's like I feel like I'm being owned. Yes. Like someone owns. It's not like I feel like I'm working like a slave. Yeah. It feels like I'm being owned. I'm not my own. Like a slave to us is different than a slave is to just someone who just uses the yes, word. Exactly. A slave is like we are not human. Right. So man, that's that's I'm so glad you're sharing this. Yeah. And so for him and I which is, was, is that that was a very hard, that's a very hard thing because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't conceptual. It wasn't theoretical. It was real for him. I am doing something I hate and it's really bringing me to a slave-like state. And it's really detrimental to my life force and who I am as a man. It's breaking me as a man. Right. And for me, I had to come to the point to realize and recognize that's the ancestors speaking through him saying it's time it's time to step into your power and make money and and you see money as a creation process so that you can ultimately find fulfillment empowerment sovereignty through your creation process of making money through making money through bringing in wealth creating wealth is an art form come back to that right? That is, for me, fundamentally, vibrationally, more important to me than anything in the physical. Because if we shift that, you cannot tell, you cannot tell somebody that is sovereign, you're a slave, mm -hmm. or that there's something wrong with you because you look like that. You cannot tell them that because they're not that. They know. Yeah. It's vibra It's fundamental. It's, it's a foundation. And that seeps and that and that encompasses and that will shift realities because that becomes truth over time. So that's the type of work I'm interested in with my child and my family. That's awesome. Man, that's that's awesome. I'm so glad you shared that. And that's your that's your instilling to your children. So that I, I before we move on to the book, we're gonna get to the book. I promise, <laughs> I, didn't, I promise we're gonna get to the book. Um this oh, is the book, honestly. Yeah. This is the book. Exactly. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to throw some disclosures in here at some point. Um, 
for the uh, cryptocurrency just because this is oh, a no. podcast. No, I'm not. And I'm not giving no financial. No, I'm not. <laughs> doing nothing. This is for I'm just telling you what has what I have found fun yeah. in creating money and wealth. Okay, and, uh, you, and she does know, and I'm sure she agreed. There's risk associated with all investors. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so man, this is this is so much fun, and I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, I want to talk about the book, but first, uh, what is it that your husband found passion? What did he get his degree in, and what is he doing now? So he got his degree in um, sound engineering, and right now he he's not he's working in audiovisual so it's not he hates it that's what i'm saying we're in this okay this is the tr- we're in that right now where he's literally this is real for me in my life and um that's why i was like this is like really vulnerable and real so you're getting the real deal right now um so for him it's that's 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 it it's the it's really coming into vibrational alignment with who he really is and me being someone that is honoring and supporting that journey for him and acknowledging, yeah, you are here on purpose with purpose. And this is, there's something out there for you. That's the name of this episode on purpose with purpose. That mm-hmm. that's beautiful. So that I'm definitely going to reach out to your husband. Um, yeah. He's so I, I'm amazing. excited about meeting with meeting him and talking to him. He's so cool. Mm-hmm. And um, let's hop into the book now. Yeah. 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 So we, I is the moment you've all been waiting for. We're going to talk about, what inspired the book, what the book's about, and how she got it out there. I know everyone wants to get a book out there, and mm-hmm. no one knows how to go about doing it. So let's talk about what inspired the book. Okay, what inspired the book? Okay, so I wrote, I had my baby. I'm, let me give you context. I had my baby in 2016. It's a timeline here. I oh, had my baby in what, what, what month? What's your son's birthday? August 28th. My son's got him by literally two months and two days. Wow. June, June 26, 2016. Oh, they're this. That would they would, let's get let's get them together and play. That's fun. Okay, yeah, got to. that's fun. Okay, so so I had him in August twenty eighth, twenty sixteen, and then um, I didn't. And then shortly after that, I you know went through the whole process of this whole situation. I think my son was almost two or something or one and something, and um, then after that came the poem. I wrote it literally because I write. Ever since I was a kid, my parents would always, my dad would always tell me, my mom always told me like, you used to lock yourself in the bathroom mm-hmm. and just, we would open it. And like, once we would open the door, there was books everywhere on the floor and you were just writing. And I was just like a little four or five-year-old. And I just love, I could sit, I love, that's like my fate. My love is literature and books and writing and reading. And um, so for me, I, that's always been a part of my way of processing life and understanding myself and connecting to source and is through writing and literature. And so I literally just wrote a poem for myself and it was, it felt profound and it just kind of stuck with me. And I, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to write a book and, but in my mind, I wanted to write novels. Like I love science fiction and I want to write a science fiction novel, but then the idea of making this into a children's book came and I was like, Oh, that's children's (laughs) book. You know, it's so weird. But, and I was like, whatever. But then there was this, like this sense of like, is there something profound in simplicity? There are so many words out there, but there's something so profound in simplicity. You you hit the nail on the head there. Like everybody wants to sound smart in doing financial planning. Like, you know, your returns, you know, due to the market, due to this and like, but people don't want to hear that. You might be, it might feel good to say it, 
Mm. But what we do and, and what I do in my industry is take complicated concepts and break them down to a children's level. To a, a child can understand it, but they don't feel stupid as I tell it to them, yeah. as I say it to them, and they don't feel like I'm demeaning them. But it's just, there's a beauty in that in taking a, a worldly concept, a, a concept as big as the universe, and bring, break, bring it down to a children's novel. And it sounds like that's kind of what you did with your book. Yes, this is that. This is a universal concept, a concept that if we really knew this, we would be able to accomplish. It would be the difference between what we want and what we do and what we be and what we have, right? It's the, it's that difference. Because if we, the book is really about creating or knowing and internalizing that when we are on the journey of, of, of what we want, of our dreams, it is undeniable. It is to be expected that there will be challenge. Know that. And when the challenge comes, know that it is an opportunity. And that is the blessing. And that is why you're, you want what you want, because it's, give, it's getting you ultimately something even greater than what you want, which is a perspective, a paradigm shift, or a, it's something greater than anything in the physical world can ever give you. It's an internal shift. Right. And so that's what this book is about. And it's a children's book. And it's literally written in a way where you're like, I could have done that. I promise you, you read it and you'll be like, <laughs> why didn't I do this? I promise you. It's one of those books where you're like, really? I could have done this. That's what it is. And that's why for me, I thought it was so like, oh, anybody can do that. But then I read it to my friend, which I went to San Jose State with, which is another interesting connection to my story. I went to San Jose State with, and I remember in her dorm or her apartment, because she didn't live in the dorm, she'd always have these flowers painted all over the place. She just had paintings of flowers everywhere in her room. And with this book, I remember seeing her flowers and I saw her flowers in my mind and I saw the book with her flowers. So I reached out to her and I said, I saw your books with this, with the, you know, in my book, as my book, your, your flowers were my, were illustrating my book. And I read her this poem and she was, emo she became emotional by it. And she's like, this is the perfect, this is just what I needed to hear. And we made the decision from there to make it a reality, right? And that was a, a process of itself, a podcast in itself, but we, we were able to bring it into complete form. And I got goosebumps as you're saying that. It's mm -hmm. just amazing how God worked. Man, he literally just gave me chills. But um, let's talk about that process, like, it's so often that we have an idea. Everybody's had great ideas. Right. But having to act, you got the best idea, literally the best idea, idea in the world. If you don't implement it, nothing happens. Right. And implementation is the struggle. That's the journey. Okay. I got an idea for this great book. I even wrote the book. Now what do I do? How do you know what to do next? How did I know what to do next? So first of all, I am stubborn. <laughs> I, am, I am persistent. I am consistent. I, I keep going. And I think that is my, my fault and my blessing and all of the above. And so for me, I think that is the part that made this book a reality is that I'm not satisfied until I finish. <laughs> she never be satisfied. She until I finish. I like to finish. I like to finish. And I like to feel that, like, I love to create. That's the thing. I love to create. And I recognize that the creation process is not always cute. It's not always pretty. So what I did next was basic. Just, first of all, just put it, 
start, start the process, do it, do something. That's the first, just do anything. And it's a series of small things. It's a series of once go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you'll see farther. That's how it was done. Because if I would have looked at it from its magnitude and said, oh, I have to do this and then I have to find a printer and I have to find a printer and I have to find a, someone that's going to print it on stone paper, which is if we got it printed on recycled paper that is made out of recycled granite. And that's what I, that's what we wanted. We wanted paper and we were like, no, we're not printing it until it's on stone paper. That's it. So that's a whole, that took like most of the time for us to get it printed. That's a whole other story. But we wanted, and if I would have thought of all these things in that moment that I made the decision to move forward, I would have said, oh God, it would have crumpled me. It would have crumbled me and I would have just gave up. But the, for me, it was the consistency. It's the small steps. Okay, tomorrow we're going to sit down and we're going to read it. We're going to sketch things out. And then, okay, boom. Then we're going to we're gonna start illustrating and then we're going to, you see, it just boom, boom, boom. You ha it has to be, it has to be like that. And so, for example, there are certain people in my life where, okay, let's, this book was finally printed in our hands in October of 2019. It is what? May 2022 mm. for some people it's that's too long you should you why aren't you the best-selling blah 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 why aren't you doing this why aren't you it's too it's like why is it this what this no like it takes time sometimes it takes consistency it takes persistency it takes one step at a time and most likely people that are overnight successes it's it, they were not overnight successes that's just what you were able to see with your physical eye because most of the time things are happening in the spiritual realm or in that realm that no one sees, which is an internal process. And that the, I love what you said about, I've never heard that said before, but I'm going to start using it. So I hope it's not patented. Go, <laughs> go as far as you can see. And once you get there, you'll see farther. And it's so like, this all relates back to finances. Yeah. I want to retire with a million dollars, but I know I can never do it. So let's not, let's not look at that million dollars from here because you can't see it. You're not even close to seeing it. Let's look at $10,000. And then from there, you can see a little part. Oh, wow, I saved $10,000. I did I did not know that was possible. I knew if I worked, I could do it. But now $10,000 is nothing. I can see a little further from here. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way planning works, that you have these financial goals that there might be one big goal way down the line. But don't look at that goal because it looks too far away. Mm -hmm. it's too far away, but as you get close to it, you get and you start working towards these little, uh, well, these little benchmarks, these mm -hmm. little, um, can't think of the word, but these little checkpoints, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. where you get these little milestones. That's these little milestones that makes you feel good and motivates you to keep moving forward. So I, I, you know, honestly, audience, I haven't seen read her book yet, and now I got to read <laughs> this thing because it sounds the, the way the way. Our conversation is going the way I can tell you the way you think. Uh, the book is called Grow, Flora, Seed to Grow. Yeah, Grow, Little Flower, Grow, but it's Grow, Flora, Seed to Grow. Mm -hmm. And the, the way, uh, and the way this I can tell this book is like it's a universal concept broken down for children. And it, it helps you know that these goals that you are, may are, are attainable. So I'm so glad you're sharing this. This, this is really fun. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Thank and you. I, uh, unfortunately, we are getting close to the end. Uh, you, you, so you got the you got the book on stone pages. Uh, what was what was the next step? That was the that was the hard part. What's what's the next thing about getting this thing distributed? How do you distribute this book? Uh, what what now? 
So then we partnered with a publishing company in Florida, and she's been helping us get the book into stores and into different places. And then we, she helped us get on a couple apps and, um, also us getting out, going out for me, me physically going out and to different stores and letting them know, them know about the book and going on different platforms and doing things like this. So for me, I think I, I really am embodying like public relations for this, for our, for our business. And then we have Katie, which is the illustrator. She embodies the illustration and the graphics and the, the design and, and all that. And then we have a few other members we haven't announced yet, but we are working with um, to continue to build the brand because it's become a brand. It's not just a book. It's a brand. It's clothing. We have clothing items that go with it. We have a curriculum we're working on. And it's more than that than, than yeah, what we have right now, but it's an evolving process as well. You truly are a creator. Yeah, I can see you truly are a creator. And like you said, the book was just the the seed mm-hmm. so all this stuff's going to grow from it and i'm excited to see what you're going to do next thank you uh, you've been an awesome guest on this show um thank you. I'm, I'm glad i get to see you every week at toastmasters because yeah. i'm going to be picking your brain all the time i uh, know i'm excited for you to be here this has just been so much fun uh before we go how can our listeners find your book and find your 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 brand so we have it grow so com. So G R O W F L O R E C I T A grow com. That's where you can find it. And then we also have like an Instagram at grow Florecita, And that's, that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I will have the, the, uh, I will have her links to her, all of her websites to it, the Instagram all in the show notes for the listeners. Um, draw, first people that leave a comment I'll purchase the book for you and get the book sent out to you guys leave a comment saying you want the book and uh, we'll go from there uh, you've been an awesome guest you know this Thank is you. a we, we, we went deep on this one which is which yeah. is the, these are the fun ones but it is that I have to circle back to finances and the words financial success mean different things to different people mm-hmm. they mean different things to the same people at different times depending on when you ask them it's all relative, but, and I don't like to think of it from a dollar amount, but from a quality of life and a lifestyle, what do the words financial success look to you in 2022 look like to you? I'm sorry. Financial success. Okay. So this is a quote. This is not my quote, but this is the quote I, I came across that really is encompassing what I, how I feel about success right now. Success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile dream. That's what it means to me. That's good. Man, that's it. That's taking those steps, walking a little further and saying, wow, Mm -hmm. this is worth it. As you get closer to that place, you're trying to go Mm -hmm. and you can see it like, man, this place is beautiful. Yeah. All those steps I took back there are worthy to be here. Mm -hmm. I'm still in that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me talk about class. You know what? Listen, investing <laughs> it's, a, it's a process. Mm. <laughs> Say the quote one more time so I can remember. So, success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile dream. Yeah. These statements in your that you're receiving are the progressive realization of a worthwhile dream. Yeah. Yeah, because the dream is like a movie and it looks it's like it's this whole thing. It's this, you know, it's a movie, but then but it's it's the process that you know that gets us there. That's really what it's about. 
this was a lot of fun. This was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, when you're famous, make sure you remember me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and, you, uh, <laughs> and show me how to speak well in Toastmasters. <laughs> have a great show. Uh, have a great week. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you God, so much. God bless, guys. You too. Bye. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host and investment advisor representative for the Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's my job to understand my clients' financial goals and work alongside them to design a plan to reach those goals. If you're looking at editing your own money story, I'm here to help. Give me a call to schedule your free one-hour consultation, either via Zoom or in person. My phone number is 916-271-1974 or click the link to send me an email below. Have an awesome week. Payne Boyer is a financial professional with Homes Financial of and securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, FIPC Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.